You're listening to The Modern Single Mom, a weekly podcast highlighting the journey of single moms navigating life, love, co-parenting, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tiana, also known as T, but more importantly, Mom. On today's episode of The Modern Single Mom, we have Principal Valencia Coker of CPS. In today's conversation, we will just talk about the new curriculum, the remote learning curriculum that CPS rolled out on Monday. And I know statewide, not all schools are doing remote learning. Some are doing e-learning. And so today we just want to provide clarity on what the difference is between the two. But in addition to that, we kind of want to talk about the resources and supports that are available to parents should they need those additional supports. So we thank you for tuning in. And Valencia, we thank you for joining us today. Hello. Great. It's such a pleasure to be here today. Yes, and it is such a pleasure to have you here today, Valencia. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right on in. So as I stated previously, on Monday, you guys started the remote learning curriculum. And I know there were conversations about e-learning versus remote learning. So if you will, may you just provide a little clarity on the difference between the two? Yes. Um, So initially, uh, ISBE, the state, the initial days that we were out of school were considered to be active God days. Um, And then they revisited the time away and allowed individual districts throughout the state to determine which mode they wanted to utilize. They could either utilize remote learning or e-learning. And so remote learning requires that district offer a digital and non-digital approach for learning opportunities. Um, And they actually do not log hours. Um, there is no threshold as it relates to timeframes that students need to be on versus e-learning. They are expected to be logged in and actually working on a digital platform for five hours per day. Um, and those students that are engaged in e-learning are actually getting graded versus remote learning. We are not able to grade students on the work if it's going to penalize them in any way. Okay, so with that, um, with the remote learning, like I'm understanding why, but in regard to that, how do you kind of track the productivity of scholars if there's no benchmark in place to ensure that they are engaging with the curriculum for a certain amount of time? I think that is a great question. Um, And I think that's also something that as a district, as local schools, as a leader, we're still trying to navigate and looking forward to kind of gauging how this first week goes. Um, We were kind of given the charge to create a remote learning plan with our teachers to communicate to our families. And in that, teachers were able to identify specific hours that they will engage with students on a daily basis um, and then also outline parent office hours. On a weekly basis, uh, teachers are expected to basically track engagement, not in an hour for hour tracking, but like, did I talk to X student today? Um, So that we can kind of identify if students are engaging with their teachers, whether through their daily engagement hours or on whatever remote learning platforms that were assigned, um, or even simply just picking up packets on a biweekly basis. So 
it's really no true way to basically monitor student progress in that way. Um, it's more so, are we able to engage with students regularly throughout this duration of being physically away from school? Okay, and so I, I then have a question in regards to engagement because it seems like there's something in place to make sure the teachers are being held accountable. But in regards to parents making sure that they're actively engaged in the process, what support or resources are in place to make sure that that does take place? So um, obviously multiple points of communication. We've used like robocalls to let parents know hey, check out our remote learning plan. We've used email if they have emails on file to outline what does at my school, what does it look like for everyone's role in remote learning to make it successful at our school? So we've clearly at our school outlined what does parent contributions to this plan? What does that look like? Um, and what are some like concrete things that parents can do on a daily basis to support the learning? which also includes giving them minimal thresholds for how much time students should be spending on academics based on their grade level, uh, just to provide some sort of guidance. CPS has also provided some sample parent schedules on the website as a resource to help parents sort of map out their child's day, depending on their grade level. Um, so those are some of the supports that are in place. Um, if we, for some reason, are unable to engage parents, wh whether that's through phone calls, whether through, through robos or emails or checking the website, um, you know, I think that that's something we have to revisit as well, um, especially after rolling it out this uh, upcoming week. Like, what is going to be our response if we're unable to engage with parents? Um, because we know that that has a direct impact on, on student engagement. Absolutely. So with that, I think prior to, you know, hearing about the plan starting April 13th, there were concerns that had been addressed just in terms of students who come from, you know, various backgrounds and not necessarily having the resources or, you know, students that have IEPs or 504 plans in place. Are there any things in place or any structures in place that will help to ensure that they're not falling behind or, you know, what will be done to ensure that they are receiving the proper instruction that they need? Um, and I think that that's a, a great point to bring up. Um, so I know for my school, I, I think we're at 99% free and reduced lunch. Um, and so we have a, a high need school. And so for that reason, across the, the district, you know, there was a rollout of tech distribution, meaning that we provide opportunities for families to check out technology. You know, so my checkout may be higher than a different school based on their population, but it is expected um, that we make technology available next week for them to check out. And without being worried about, oh, I don't think this student you know, is going to return it or it's going to be damaged. The district has reassured us that we will not be responsible um, for the financial loss. So that's one thing that's in place that have additional needs. The expectation is that all we call them, you know, DL teachers are the teachers, diverse learners, teachers that support students with IEPs or 504s. They're expected to still conduct their weekly check-ins with those students, still collaborate 
uh, and teacher collaboration meetings to have conversations about the IEPs and student needs. Um, and then also making sure that there's some sort of communication update provided to, to families on a weekly basis. Um, and we've also been given guidance from ISBE that we can hold virtual IEP meetings during this time. Okay. So services should continue and not be interrupted. Um, but the inevitable is that it will look different um, because of just the physical arrangement of how services were provided in the past. Tiana, one thing I just want to add to the moms and the, the parents that are listening is that if you, you know, have a child that has a 504 or an IEP, like definitely reach out to the case manager as soon as possible um, or the administrator, principal, AP, so that you're very clear on what supports will look like for your child um, based on the remote learning plan that's being rolled out at, at your child's school. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I've been struggling to understand with, especially when you hear about, you know, the possibility of the school year just being canceled for the remainder of the academic year, how will this really impact, like, learning moving forward the next academic year? And I actually, you know, I don't know. And and I think, you know, even us educators are in the same boat with families and parents. Like, how is this going to impact? I think because we we haven't seen something like this before, where there's just so much time away during the school year compounded with the time away during the summer. I, I you know, I struggled to be able to really guess or even have an idea of how this is going to impact um, next school year. One thing is, is that we already know that learning loss over the summer is real. Uh, there's so much research that that shows that. Um, and there's just not a lot of research that's going to tell us how will this time off impact, you know, the time that we've already experienced away. Okay. Yeah, I think more than anything, that's been a really big concern. I know, again, you guys are in spring break right now. Um, and like there was already some loss of learning simply because of how everything rolled out, the shelters in place. And it was kind of like, we were scrambling to kind of respond to this thing. And so now that it's here, what does that really look like? You know, are you guys going to implement, you know, mandatory summer school or will you continue to like encourage parents to actively engage their students during the summer with the remote learning? I think for even like me and my family, we definitely have those concerns. Um, but I think lastly, I, I really want to touch on so with the cancellations of so many different activities, what will graduation look like this year? You know, so many scholars have worked so hard all year and whether that's eighth grade or high school, you know, it's really looking like they will not be able to be celebrated. So what are some conversations that, you know, the school board or school districts are having to make sure that they're still celebrating their scholars that have worked so hard throughout the year? Um, and honestly, you know, that is one of the main emails and calls that I get even from families, even from the students themselves. I like as of right now, the district has not released their preliminary guidance on how that will look. Um, my hope is that if for some reason we're still under 
um, the CDC's kind of guidance around like large groups, I would hope that we can hold it virtually. Um, obviously, that's not the ideal for any student right now. You know, they want to be surrounded by their classmates and and the staff that have supported them along the way and their family. Uh, my hope is that at least we can hold virtual graduation so that the celebration is still there. The the mode just looks different. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to see what will be done, even if, like you said, it's only a virtual celebration right now. I'm curious to see what that will look like moving forward, because we do want to acknowledge, you know, the hard work that so many students have put forth this year. And so um, lastly, do you have any advice that you can offer to parents or scholars to kind of encourage them and keep them involved during this time? Um, one, I, I would say, you know, encouraging families to give themselves like some grace, you know, also their, their children grace and their school grace, because again, this is all uncharted territory It's unprecedented. Um, many times I know like I am sitting up trying to take some guidance from the district and figure out how it's going to work at our local school level. Um, so that would be the first thing. I know a lot of families are like, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, and, and then there's that stress piece. So just thinking about giving themselves grace, I would also encourage them to reach out to their local school, whatever school, you know, that they currently um, are attending to get clear on their remote, remote learning guidance from their individual school. What are the daily expectations? Who are the teachers my child should be interfacing with? Um, every school, at least in CPS, um, has a remote learning plan that was expected to be shared out to families. So making sure families actually are able to, you know, look those over and ask questions where necessary. Um, and then I would say last but not least, making sure that even if they feel as though they're not getting a lot of communication, being really proactive to reach out to their teachers and principals because, um, you know, at the end of the day, the like learning is important. And so just making sure families are very clear on how their child is engaging, what, how, how is it looking on the software side, you know, because teachers can see what progress is being made in certain platforms. So just really making sure that all families are even taking the proactive approach to directly reach out to teachers um, based on the contact information that's shared in the remote learning plan. Thank you for tuning in today. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, or review, and also share with the friends. We love to have our tribe grow.